run in the high Take a walk on the weird side It goes bump in the night Take a walk on the weird side They can't trust the living They can't kill the dead They can't stop the voices inside the head They can't run They can't hide Take a walk on the weird side Well, welcome back, Weirdos. I'm Hannah. And I'm Taylor. And together we are Weird Side Podcast. Podcast. On today's episode, we will be talking about a few conspiracy theories. Ooh, conspiracies. <laughs> yes, I know you guys were probably waiting for us to finally do one of these. Um, very exciting news. Today's episode, we have a couple special guests, which we will be introducing to you in just a few moments. But as always, before we jump into our topic, we'd like to give a few shout-outs and a couple announcements. I don't know how many of you guys know this or not, but March 21st was officially World Down Syndrome Awareness Day. Taylor and I have a little cousin who has Down Syndrome, and he is like the sunshine of our family. I love you, Sutty. Yes, his name is Sutton, and he is an adorable little boy. He brings so much joy to our lives. He actually has even been featured in a poster, I think, in Times Square, New York City. Yeah, he was actually the cover of Down Syndrome Awareness one month and was on t- uh, in Times Square. Yeah, it was really, really cool. But every year we do a a walk for Sutton to raise funds for Down Syndrome Awareness. And I wanted to share with you guys a little bit about that. So what is the Down Syndrome Association of the NRB? The Down Syndrome Association of the NRB supports people with Down Syndrome and their families. They hold social events for people with Down Syndrome, their families, and the local community. They provide specialized resources for new and expectant mothers and for local medical professionals, and they host seminars on topics of interest to those who support people with Down syndrome, as well as the broader special needs community. And this walk that we're going to be doing to support our little cousin Sutton will be on April 29th of this coming month, and they have a website, which I will be posting the link below to, in case you want to donate to it. But basically, your funds, your donation will support the activities of the Down Syndrome Association of the NRV, New River Valley. They hold social events for people with Down Syndrome, their families, and the local community. They purchase and provide specialized resources for new and expectant mothers and for local medical professionals. And they host seminars on topics of interest to those who support people with Down Syndrome as well as the broader special needs community. So if you guys are feeling extra generous and feel like giving a little bit of something special for the special ones in our lives, check them out and donate what you can. If anyone's interested in joining the walk, please let me know so we can we can get you a part of the team. We can let Sutton's mom know, and I know it would be greatly appreciated. This walk will be at, I believe it's at Randolph Park in Dublin. It was at Randolph last year, I believe. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be the same place this year. So wanted to give a shout out to that. Also, I wanted to mention from our previous shout-outs for Friends and Family Restaurant, their goal has been raised to $100,000 for funds. And recently, they submitted a letter. On March 21st, Friends and Family sent out a letter for all those in the community who have been keeping up with their restaurant and the restoration of it. They write, We know many of our friends, customers, and community members have been eagerly awaiting an update from us, but the truth is, up until now, we haven't had much to share. We have been working with insurance providers nonstop since the fire occurred, and we can now announce that the fire investigation has finally been wrapped up. The investigation was unable to pinpoint an exact starting point for the fire. However, it appears to have started within a wall and then spread rapidly through the attic. The fire was then fueled by the many items within the building. While we lost many irreplaceable items to the blaze, but we know that the many memories we have here will live on with us. 
Now that this part of the process is over, we're happy to announce that we can finally move on to the next step of the rebuilding process, the demolition of the existing structure. The process is scheduled to start sometime next week. Preparations are already being made for the teardown. We are now actively working on the floor plan for the new building and hope to have something drawn up and approved for the next coming weeks. Our new layout will aim to prioritize our customers' experiences while we are still providing a full gift shop, a private dining area for the parties, and hopefully an improved outdoor experience as well. While we know the process will be long, but remain optimistic that we will be back in operation by early 2024. We plan to continue to provide everyone with updates throughout the process. Moving forward, we would like again to give thanks to each and every individual who reached out to us over the last month and offered their support. We understand that in the age of social media, there will always be those select few who will choose to remain negative, but the outpouring of support has far outweighed the negative, as it usually does. Usually does. <laughs> it has truly been inspiring and has done nothing but raise our desire to rebuild with the goal of providing affordable, quality, homemade meals for years to come. This is written by Becky and Jimmy Young, Autumn and Jeremy Workman, Daniel Booth, and Megan Weatherly. They're all owners of our workers of Friends and Family Restaurant. So again... I will repost the GoFundMe page for friends and family support. Next, going in, we're going to give our usual shout-outs because we're always appreciative of these people. And mm -hmm. without, all, without any of them, we couldn't start our podcast. But first and foremost, Derek Nolan of Steak and Sauce Podcast. We want to give a shout-out to him. He has been an inspiration for us and has encouraged us every step of the way for us making our podcast. We want to give a shout-out to my good friend, Meredith, who designed our logo for our podcast and Logan for making his own version of Meredith's design. His design is the one that we use in our uploads. And finally, my good friend Icarus and Holy for writing our theme song. I still love that. Thing. It, it's a banger. It's still it, a banger. It's a banger. We, we still, still listen to it in the car sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a reason. We're just like, you want to listen to the intro? Yeah. Let's jam out. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and dive into our topics today. Conspiracy theories. Before we start, we'd like to give a warm welcome to our co-stars today, Derek Nolan from Steak and Sauce Podcast, Woo! and Taylor's brother, my brother-in-law, Evan Williams. Whiskey himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek, would you, uh, did you mind to take a few minutes to introduce yourself? How's everybody doing? I'm just thankful to be here today. Um, this podcast is awesome, and I'm so happy for these guys. I told them, you know, starting out, they're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were. Um, so I'm just I'm just happy and I'm proud of them. Like she said, my name is Derek Now and I'm one of the co excuse me, one of the hosts of Steak and Sauce Podcast. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Steak and Sauce Podcast. Go ahead and give us a subscribe, a like, go ahead and leave us a comment. Uh, we have a different show every week. You can also find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, different places, and you can follow me anywhere under Derek Nowen on Facebook and I am Derek Nowen on Instagram. I also do stand-up comedy in the local area. I'm with the Blacksburg uh, Comedy Club, and I also perform with L.A. Preston for the Real Comedy Club. Uh, so if you guys like stand-up comedy uh, in this area, we perform at Bull and Bones in Blacksburg, Sharky's Bar and Wings in Rafford. We also perform at Ursula's Cafe in Roanoke. Longway Brewery in Rafford as well. And we have some more venues that are going to be coming up really soon. So we are very, very happy and fortunate to help this comedy scene in the local area. We want to continue to branch out. So we appreciate everyone's support. And like I said, it's just a 
blessing to be here today. We're going to talk about conspiracy theories, and uh, it's one of my favorite things. So, um, Antonio, make sure you listen up. Yeah, Antonio, listen up. We're ready for your critique. Yeah, sorry, Derek. I think I've been saying your last name wrong. My bad, my bad. No, it's fine. Uh, Everybody says Nolan, and I don't correct them at all because it's okay. Uh, My boss has known me forever, and he still says the same thing. It's fine. (laughs) Yes, well, you guys, yeah, definitely give him a look up. You will not be disappointed. His show is freaking hilarious and evan why don't you introduce yourself over there bubs absolutely my pleasure uh so as taylor said evan williams also whiskey (laughs) connect the dot yourself (laughs) (laughs) i think my dad liked alcohol a little bit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's my pleasure i've been so excited to get on your podcast once you got something you were doing it i would say my areas of expertise roller coasters star wars Godzilla, just nerd stuff in general. Mm-hmm. I will admit, I'm not super big into conspiracy theories. That, I consider myself fairly logical. That's why we got you here, because we want to have the spectrum here, because you've got, I, I would consider me and Hannah uh, some firm believers of some, not all of them, I don't know about Derek, but I know Derek is into some as well, and then you can be the, the logical one here, so I mean, <laughs> got to have a spectrum here. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say some conspiracies are definitely like just too over the top to believe, but some of them kind of are. Some of them make sense. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, guys, if you're listening, we are still at the uh, bottom of beginners for recording. So we're sharing mics over here, guys. So if some of the audio sounds a little wonky, I apologize in advance. We're just doing the best we got. <laughs> Me and Evan over here hugging. Yeah. <laughs> a good way to we can switch partners if you want. <laughs> so who who wants to go first? I, I think one of our guests should go one first. One of our who guests should to? be going first. Derek, would you like to go first? You know, I, I feel honored to go first. Um, so we had a episode on our podcast, Steak and Sauce, and it was just myself and one of my co-hosts, Antonio. He is very, very logical like Evan. He also does not believe that dinosaurs are real. Um, he, be- he, believes, he believes that someone created these beasts and that if we were to really find this factory where he thinks they're produced, they have serial numbers on the bottom of their feet. So he thinks that someone created all of these animals. Isn't that a conspiracy though? I think that is a conspiracy. that's what I told him. I was like, listen to what you're saying, right? He believes that someone went throughout the Midwest and everywhere that they found these dinosaurs. They created these crazy names for them. They dug up holes, dug, put them, put them in, and then we rediscovered them, right? And like, oh, what's this? It's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So I think that it's pretty far-fetched, Antonio, that you feel like that. That's a lot of things like to think about yeah, to, to create this hysteria around dinosaurs. To be so logical. To be so logical, right? It's yeah. almost like, you know, back in the military days, we used to create entire runways and airways, and we had like inflatable vehicles, and we had inflatable buildings to make the enemy uh, from above looked like we had more forces than we did. We did that in the invasion of, uh, what is it? Uh, Normandy Beaches. Yeah, Normandy, yeah, Normandy yeah, was part yeah. of the deception tactics. Yes, yeah. so, you know, I'm like, that's a lot of creativity and a lot of manpower to create something like this, you know? So he doesn't believe in it at all, and pretty much he would have to be bitten by a dinosaur <laughs> to believe that they are real. So we'll just start with that. But one of my favorite uh, that I've been reading into recently Rear Admiral Byrd, Richard Byrd, mm-hmm. uh, he was a Rear Admiral in the Navy, 
and me and Tonyo talked about this. He led an Arctic expedition back in the 30s, like 39 through like 44, I believe. Okay. Now, I believe this is before the Antarctic Treaty and everybody had a piece of the pie because you could still openly explore it. I don't believe you can do that now. We went online and printed off actual government paperwork that I have to fill out. Before I go to Antarctica. Really? So that was on our show. So we were, wow. we're filling out this paperwork, you know. And um, Admiral Byrd took a lot of men. And they had seaplanes. They had uh, ships. They had a lot of stuff. And basically what this is surrounding is, if anyone has done any research on the fact that we possibly live, there's a firmament. Is that how you say that? Firmament? Right. Like a dome. I you're right. Okay. Over top of our, what we consider to be Earth. Everybody knows that right now we're orbiting at millions of miles an hour. And we don't even feel it. We don't even feel it, right? And so (laughs) they say that there is a firmament that is over top of us that we cannot see because the only depictions of Earth from such an elevated position is what is provided to us from NASA. None of us have ever been able to do that and look back. Yeah. Right? So the only thing we have is what is provided to us, right? Yeah. So they say that in the Bible... It talks about the firmament. And if I'm saying that wrong, y'all don't beat me up for it, all right? Well, I've already pronounced a lot of things wrong. <laughs> so we so we messed up so much and okay. mispronounced so many things yeah, on yeah. here. Don't worry about it. Just help me out, right? Mm-hmm. Put, someone put the correct spelling down beneath this. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically say that in the Bible, it speaks of a firmament, and it speaks of that firmament holding the waters. So in that case, what I figure out is that maybe they're saying that there's waters above us. So our depiction of how our Earth is could be a little bit inverted. So when Admiral Byrd led this Arctic expedition, if you watch movies like Thor and they talk about Asgard and all these things, there are other outlying lands outside of our firmament Mm -hmm. that we cannot get to. One of them was labeled Asgard on this map. Mm-hmm. I have the book. I'll reference later where you can find these maps. Right? Yeah, please do. So when they led this expedition, he took some planes, and he said that they flew over this ice wall. When they were able to clear the horizon over the ice wall, they descended. They dropped down in elevation a little bit, and what was discovered was this lush green land, mm-hmm. an outlying land. He also noted in his diaries, which one of his, like, I think his great-great-great-great-great-grandson maybe has, that they notice large, hairy animals, which he thought were woolly mammoths. <laughs> and every time I say this, Tonya rolls his eyes. And he gets mad. <laughs> so I know, when he li- <laughs> I know when he listens to this, he is going to spaz because he thinks I'm talking about this again. But he said they noticed lush green lands, okay. waterfalls, woolly mammoths, and other creatures that we had known to be extinct. But because we could not get to that region, we had not been over that ice wall. Mm-hmm. We could not see this. He also said that there was a cave that was big enough for them to pilot aircraft inside of this cave. They said when they flew into the cave, it opened up to a crystal city. Hmm. And these beings were way more far advanced than we were. He said that a being took control of the instrumentation on their plane, mm-hmm. landed their plane, and he, and he, <laughs> right Evan, now. Evan is cracking me up right now. Evan's like, oh my God. Evan's like, where'd y'all find this weirdo? So, so they landed the plane, they took it over, and Admiral Byrd said that they spoke to this beam, which was like a beam of light, over 10 feet tall, and he explained to them that 
in the depths of the earth is where the more technologically advanced beings live. And the reason they were there is because they were fearful of the weapons that we have. Even though they're way more advanced, they're fearful of our war. They're fearful of our things that we have done. So they have been there forever. Do they? Is there a theory of why they're so more advanced than, than we are? I think that it goes back into the civilizations. Mm-hmm. And when you really research like the way that they were doing like astrology mm-hmm. and they were computing and all these mathematical figures that they were coming up with, right? Mm-hmm. So like I think that this group of people or whoever they were have been there. It's kind of like they're watching from afar, mm-hmm. you know? And it talks about the government having interactions with one of these beings, and they destroyed him. They killed him. They cut him up into a bunch of different pieces. Well, they destroyed him and put him in different parts. Like, they dropped it everywhere. Years later, this man, this being, came back completely whole and told them, you can do this a million times. I will continue to come back, and we're already here. We've been here. What? Right? And this, I, I can bring up all the documentation man. All this stuff that I've read. So, Admiral Byrd, when he documented everything that happened to him, if anybody wants more in-depth story of this, a, there's like five or six great hour-long videos on YouTube that someone has put together. This isn't a fictional person. He was a real person. Mm-hmm. And um, Antonio said that he lied in his diary. Oh, he wrote, Lord he just, Antonio. He just wrote a bunch of stuff in his diary to make it, you know, to make it juicy and stuff like that. Antonio got so mad at me. He got up while we were recording. This is on the Steak and Sauce podcast set. Product plug. <laughs> and he said, are you kidding me? He said, you think that someone can take control of an airplane and land it inside of a cave? And his eyes were red. He was so mad at me for saying this stuff. Oh, right? my I, gosh. And we'll pull up the footage. Getting into something that I know you've been wanting to talk about. What is that? So I wrote it down. <laughs> According to Antonio, right? Because yeah. you got the facts. You know something's true or not. And if you say that it's false, it's false. Well, you ain't going to change my mind. Like, That's what I'm saying. If you think, if you think I don't it care is, who you are, you're not going to come and change my mind like blah, 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 blah. No. So, starting out, the moon landing, all right, in 1969. I don't know if that's real or fake. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Alden supposedly, landed, supposedly landed on the moon. Went up there. All right. Now, as I was thinking about this, I was like, hmm, Buzz Alden, Buzz Lightyear? So, essentially, Buzz Lightyear thought that he was some amazing astronaut that had a laser that would blast aliens and all that stuff. They were stickers. And he had to find out the hard way. Talking about a movie, right? No, I'm talking about real life, too. (laughs) This Buzz Alden is the same dude. Fake. In a Hollywood studio. Okay, that could be fake. That's I didn't say it. it was real or wasn't fake. Because so. that was during the time for a race to space, right? We were trying to beat Russia. Yeah, trying to, trying to beat Russia. everybody up there, right? Also, they had a picture of the bottom of Neil's boots. The bottom of Neil's boots were flat. All right. Right? No texture to them. The footprints that they had on that stage in that Hollywood set <laughs> had ridges on the bottom of the boots. Supposedly. I seen it. All right, I ain't seen it. All right, so our argument wasn't about if the moon landing. I know what our argument was about, but I was about the moon having wind. It's wind on the moon. You cannot tell me that. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. All right, look at his boots. Yeah, I guess so. And look at the flag. What about it? Waving like that. Yeah, because it's wind up there. I. (laughs) 
That's a fake flag anyway. Look at it. This picture's edited. Look at that. No, it's not edited. That, that's from the Hollywood studio. That's what they gave us. Look at him. Look at it. That's what they gave us. Line boy. He ain't even got the tank ain't even hooked up on the back. You like see I the said, camera shadow in the I back? I don't know if it's real or fake, but there is wind on the moon. He said that after that, they were released unharmed. He's documented all this in his diaries. And there are great documentaries on YouTube if you're not familiar with the Arctic expeditions that I'm talking about. Wow, that's interesting. I had never even heard of any of that stuff. Right. And now you know that you can't go to Antarctica and just freely, willy-nilly around. You can go to, like, uh, you know, you have to get paperwork. You have to have all these things. They talk about the, the temperatures that they have probed and that they've gotten from underneath the surface in Antarctica. And it's like rainforest, tropical-level conditions and climates Mm -hmm. they have studies and they have pictures of pyramids that are there and they are each edge of the pyramid is kilometers long that's that's ginormous you know all these military bases and actions have been going on down there right now what are they doing and they also say that some of these flat surfaces that look like a uh, like a raised hill top those were actually trees at one point Hmm. But if a tree had that big of a base, what cut that down? Mm. Right? I know they're very strict about when you do go to Antarctica, you can't leave anything. Like, you can't touch anything. And if you do touch, you have to put it back. So, for example, you can't pee and or poop. On the ice. No, I'm dead serious. No, I'm serious. You can't do it. Yeah. You have to pick it. You have to keep it in a barrel and take it with you. You leave. Are you you cannot Nothing leave can be it. Left there, yes. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Like I was watching. A, it was a Mr. Beast video, and they cut a hole in the ice. And when they left, they had to put all the ice that they cut out of that hole back. <laughs> and if you want to get apprehended real quick, go to Antarctica and do something crazy. I promise you, yeah. they will be on you so fast. And I don't know why, but there's a reason. Think about this. Why, out of anywhere that you can go, is there so much red tape for you to be able to get there? So many rules, so many... There's a reason. There's a reason. You know what I'm saying? There's there's so many things that you have to go through. And these people that are putting together some of these videos, I'm not saying that everything is 100% accurate. But if you want a good read and you want to like kind of think outside the box a little bit, the Admiral Byrd story... I found it very, very interesting because it came from an actual military guy. Mm -hmm. So the military in conjunction with Antarctica and in conjunction with everything they were doing, why were they down there? What was he looking for? You know, know, correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously I I thank you, by the way, Derek, for your service. Oh, thank you. Yes. Because I'm telling you what, like I couldn't even survive Hell Day in the police academy. (laughs) Like I couldn't even do that. So I I just have mad respect for (laughs) y'all. Thank you. So... Is it fair to say that people in the military are, it's like a whole different world than civilians? It is. There is an entire world where there's this rank structure, there's lingo, uh, there's all of these things, there's different rules. I mean, you're subject to different rules that civilians aren't subject to. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there is just a lifestyle that if you have served or police or anything like that, you understand. And once you come out of it, you're kind of lost. Yeah. Because no one's I've using, heard that you know, no one's using the same language. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares you are a staff sergeant. You're in Kroger. 
You know what I'm saying? Damn. You know, nobody cares. The only people that care are the people that, you know, one, hey, thank you for your service, yeah. or another veteran who may have been a lower or higher ranking than you, and they understand what that rank means, or maybe what mm-hmm. some of your duties were as a, as a squad leader or a platoon sergeant. Or if you, you have a common ground, if you speak to people about some of the tours you've been on, combat tours, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, some of the places that I went to, that'll earn you a beer at a bar, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's one of those things, but it is, you're right. It's a lifestyle that most people don't understand because we are surrounded by this camaraderie, this brotherhood, Mm -hmm. and then when you get out, you're really searching for that again. Right, and once you're out of it, I'm sure it's almost impossible to find anywhere outside of it. It is, and I'm very fortunate to have friends who have served and family members, so I can talk to them. And yeah, and I'll tell you a very weird thing, not to get off topic, but um, no, go ahead. Being in Afghanistan, there were a lot of conspiracy theories while I was there yeah. that we kind of got into. Ooh. There is a there is a myth about an Afghan jinn. Hmm. You mean a, the giant? No, not the giant. This is like a like a not demonic, but this is like a a spiritual being. I've heard of gin. You're right. Yeah, no, and 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 it's depicted in um, what was that? Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the guy that looked like he had rock scale? Yeah. Uh, they called him a gin. Yeah. And he was very scary, right? Yeah. And they were fearful of him. So when we were over there, a lot of the uh, local nationals, the people from Afghanistan, would always tell us about the gin. They were terrified of it. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the chupacabra you know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. it's yeah. not it's not it's not like a dog or anything but it's a being and that's the first time i ever seen it depicted in a hollywood movie was until clash of the titans so we should probably do a little bit more diving into the afghan gen you know so it's pretty crazy yeah. it was clash of the titans the one that you showed me from the 80s and had the, the 1981 thing. yeah that was i love i really like that movie mm-hmm. now i can't remember if it was i think there's two parts to that series right there's um, the first one and then clash of the titans was the second part those are those are the remakes i yeah, the remakes. The remakes, yeah, the remakes. <laughs> yeah, the remakes. Um, but the Afghan gin is represented in one of those movies. I can't remember. That's so cool. So let me give you a, an example, and then I'm going to ask you my second question. All right. So, okay, have y'all seen 2007 Stephen King's The Mist? I have not. Don't kill me. It's okay. Oh, okay. We are in for a ride, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of giving a brief overview of what that movie's about. Okay. Basically, the government figures out how to open a door to a different dimension. And they don't mean to, but they have this window open and they can't shut it. So what happens is all these creatures come into our world and end up killing everybody, essentially, because they're they're creatures, like alien, unheard of creatures. Mm-hmm. So... One of the central things in that movie that it really emphasizes is that the government is the one that's behind all this. And they also, throughout the film, it's supposed to be like real secretive and they're selective about what they're sharing with people. So my question is, since we've established that, you know, if you're in the military, you're serving for our country, it's a different world on its own. Hypothetically, I'm not saying like maybe as extreme as the myth scenario, but if something like unheard of were to happen and the military knew about it, y'all probably wouldn't be able to talk about it at all, right? I don't think so. I think that regular civilians, unless you had a lifeline to somebody that had that information, we're going to be the last ones to know because Mm -hmm. they're they're going to want to corral panic, right? Mm -hmm. The last thing you need is people 
trying to come out here and trying to dodge this crisis and taking matters into their own hands. So yes, if the military knew some information like that, there would I've never been in that situation, but I have I had to sign a document because of the job that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an interrogator, so I had to sign documents that seal up a lot of that information for 75 years. Oh, wow. A lot of the stuff that I did or that I know. Because that stuff can just not be openly talked about. Well, I'm wondering if there was something that they knew, like a meteor's coming, yeah. or there's some type of plague or outbreak that they're preparing for, they would probably have to be briefed and sign some type of, you know, forbidding, forbidding them to talk about it. Or, or they will be subject to whatever. Right. You know? Because any movie that we've ever watched where, I don't care what, uh, Battle of LA, I don't care what movie it is where they involve the military. You've got two types of soldiers, ones that are obeying the rules and they're like, hey, you know, y'all are civilians, but I have a job to do. And then you got the rogue ones, the ones that are trained and then they go back home and try to save their families. You know? Yeah, so yeah. I feel like you got two different groups, you know. So. Yeah. When, when you guys were talking about it, it made me think about the Afghan giant. Have you heard of that story? Yes, yes. And when she was talking about that and covering it up, in that story, supposedly, the Green Berets encountered a giant. And they defeated it, and the government picked it up, and they had, uh, after every mission, they go back and they write, it's like a report. Yes. And they turned it into their superiors, and the superiors like, you can't submit that. Change it. That didn't happen. And it was just covered up. Why would the Green Berets lie about it? Right. And they were on a patrol. <laughs> when they were in Afghanistan, they were on a patrol. And they, they smelled this stench coming from this cave, and they said it was unlike anything they had ever smelled. Ooh. And then this, I forget how tall they said he was. He was like nine, nine or ten feet tall. He came out, and they were all shocked at first of this being. And then they said that they, there is also, it just prompted in my mind, if you get on, I know people are going to slay me for this, if you get on TikTok, (laughs) (laughs) it's coming, I know it's coming. But there was a perfectly preserved Nephilim, a giant that they had found. And he looks like, I mean, his skin is bronze. He's got beautiful hair. And I'm going to pull it up for you guys after this to show you. But yeah. I don't have a lot of information on it. But uh, it's a really big hot topic right now. But when that giant came out of the cave in Afghanistan, they were all stunned at first. He had a object, a spear or something that he had in his hand. He impaled a soldier in the story. Like right mm-hmm. through the middle of him, right? Center mm-hmm. mass. They engaged him, small arms fire. They're tearing him up, right? And after this battle, they were able to drop him. And they airlifted him out, like like hooked him up to like a, a Chinook mm-hmm. and airlifted him out of there. And they were doing all these tests and stuff like that. And then it just... Didn't he have like seven fingers? Or yeah, something, something crazy. Like something you know, weird. Something weird. He was huge and like, and, and went uncovered. And when they went in, because they were scared of more people like him in the cave, mm-hmm. they found just remains of... You know, skeletals, uh, you know, things or people and animals and different stuff. And, you know, people, they were generally people are scared of things they don't know about, which is why when there's something that happens that is can't be explained, it's tried to be covered up or hidden. Yes, because, I mean, could you imagine if we, you know, one of my biggest things, and I'm sorry, Evan, I'm, I'm I was going to say, over on <laughs> one of my biggest things I'm so curious about, there is a, I believe there's a book. And it's called Hell's Aquarium or something like that. Hmm. It was based around a guy who had a lot of money in Dubai. And they captured a megalodon, right? Like Which are science supposed fiction, to be extinct. Supposed to be extinct, yeah. right? People find teeth all the time, though. You know, from these megalodons that wash yeah. up, you know, like six, seven inches 
Like where do they come from? Where they come from, right? Mm -hmm. And so the depths we know that we can't get to, that something like that could possibly go to or live. We see these giant blue whales, which is like what the biggest mammal ever. Yeah. With scratches and scars down the entire side of its body from a giant squid that tried to attack it. Hmm. I think those are sperm whales, though, right? Um, Don't sperm whales fight giant squids? I think so. And they were saying, like, how brave do you have to be to take out a 100-foot whale? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. what, what would try to do that? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, when you think about it like that, so I was very excited about, like, I'm always curious about the Megalodon stuff, but this book, I can't find it, but basically he charged all these people so much money to come and view this Megalodon behind glass in this equipment. Now, my question to everybody listening, if you had the opportunity to go down into this state-of-the-art facility in this dark room and when the lights come on, you would be able to see a megalodon before your eyes. How many people would do it? Man, I would go. I, I mean, if, if, it, if it was real, okay. yes. Yeah. I, I don't see it being real for the for the simple fact of uh, the megalodon was like the ancient cousin of the great white. Correct? Right, right. Okay, we can't even have great whites in aquariums. They do not live. They've they tried. They'll, they'll, they've given up. Yeah, yeah. If, a, if a great white, which is, what, one-third, one-fourth the size of a megalodon, yes. can't survive... I doubt a megalodon can. And then what would the what would you know that goes into a lot of people that believe the Loch Ness? They said they've scoured that lake or whatever it is. There's not enough life, fish, mm-hmm. uh, things for it to sustain. I'm gonna pull out my inner whiskey over here at Antonio. I recently read a book called United States of Cryptids and. I think I did read that it was proven that Nessie was was a hoax. Was a hoax. I have also heard the, that. the famous picture. Uh, you know, where that the long neck is coming yeah. out of the water. Yeah, it's I heard that was a hoax. Fake. That hurts my heart. I it know. does mine too. <laughs> they know conspiracies give us something to believe yeah. in and to wonder about. But y'all, weird side weirdos, if y'all could see Whiskey's face right now, <laughs> y'all would be dying right <laughs> now. Hey, we're just throwing him out there. Like we're not saying it's real or fake. But I think he's rolled his eyes about seven times. <laughs> because he's like, what? All I really want to say is, what feels more true? That the Admiral got to a frozen, barren wasteland and was disappointed. He was like, oh, I got sent to the middle of nowhere. Or, dude, they sent me this place they thought was like a wasteland, but I discovered all this cool stuff. I do have one question, though. I do have one question. And I'm not saying it's real or it's fake. I'm not, okay. But if, let's just, for the sake of the argument, say we are on that expedition, us four, okay? And we're flying, and we start seeing this, right? And let's just, for the sake of the argument, say, Derek, you are that, you're that guy, right? Okay, let's say Derek is that guy, right? And you see a cave. Why are you flying a plane into it? Please That's exactly explain what it to Antonio me. said. He said, what <laughs> pilot in the world would fly a plane into a cave? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen the movie Langoliers? Have you ever seen the movie Langoliers? No, no. I'm too no. scared. No, no it, it's a bad Stephen King movie. Have you ever seen one of the worst special effects ever? Watch it. That's why I'm scared one of the wor- If not the worst special effects in a movie I've ever seen. He said, ever. There's, there's like a time rip in the sky, and apparently the pilots in that movie go, look, a hole in the sky. Let's fly into it. <laughs> Hell no. We're banking left hard. <laughs> so, guys, overall, with Derek's conspiracy, what does everybody think? Whiskey? Um, <laughs> I actually had a friend in college get to go to Antarctica. 
Oh. And he said it was the most miserable trip of his life. <laughs> it was cold and miserable. They cut a whole bunch of holes in ice, ran data, and then had to put the holes back. And that was it. So much fun. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> folks, <laughs> the weird side. Um, if you're listening, weird, weird side family. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not an ice wall. <laughs> All right? That doesn't mean that if we can't get over this ice wall, that there's not mammoths out there. Okay? I want to see them. All right, Tonio? Uh, Antonio. I think the possibility. I'm not saying everything he said was was, was true. Because some of it, yeah, I don't know. Find a plane in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> that one you lose me. But <laughs> science, if you look at nature and science, Almost anything is possible if you really sit and think about it because they've discovered whales that they thought were extinct millions of years ago and it just showed up one day. Is it possible that there could be mammoths out there in Antarctica that we haven't discovered? It's possible. I'm not saying it is, but it's possible. Not to take over and strengthen my point. (laughs) (laughs) But on the lines of what Taylor's talking about, my buddies went to Virginia Tech, and they had a lot of um, conventions where they would argue evolution versus creationism. And there was an old video of an African tribe, right? Right. In the in wherever they were at in the Amazon, right? Deep, 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 deep in there. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we all know how big Africa is, it's huge. A normal person could not venture to where this tribe was. They tried. If the mosquitoes didn't kill you, because they were the size of eagles, right? Then some of the conditions would get you. If you did make it, they got to a point where these people had never been interacted with or talked to. One guy did, and I, I got to get the VHS tape. It's old. It's from the 90s. But he was showing pictures of dinosaurs to these villagers. And they were basically saying, oh, that's a chelate. We see that all the time right there in that water. Right? Now, mind you. These people don't have TikTok. These people don't. These people are not prompted to say that. Mm-hmm. But when they were showing them pictures of certain animals, large crocodiles, like fifty footers and big things like that, they were basically pointing like that's. We see that all. That's right there. You know. So I'm wondering if that kind of thing could happen. If we could still. What if we just haven't had the ability to get to some of these places? Like you said, with the whales, with these oversized crocodiles and things like that that they've seen in these villages that we just can't get to. Could it be possible, Evan, that this cave was big enough <laughs> and wide enough? I'm, th- I'm not talking about... Now, when I say cave, y'all are thinking that they flew uh, a Cessna through Dixie Caverns. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a cave, like a monstrous, like, yeah. like hundreds of foot cave. That's what they say. I, I, I mean, but, regardless of the size, why would you fly? Why would you do it? Because guess what? If you panicked inside of a cave in a plane, there's only one outcome. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wow! You know, so, but yes, it is. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, you know if the, if the listeners weird side family. This is probably going to be a new story, so y'all go to look this up and y'all get yeah. back with us. About yeah. what I mean, anything's possible. I mean, especially with the giant. I know everyone's problem is that it doesn't exist. It's not that it's in the body. It's not that it can't. I mean, look at the world's tallest man. He was eight foot eleven. That's that's monstrous. Have you ever seen that? I mean, it's almost nine feet. So, if he was standing on carpet, that'd be nine feet. Yeah. But. So, yeah. I, I have to agree with my hubs on this one. I think it's it's possible. I'm in the middle. So I'm in the middle. We're going to give it. So, Whiskey gives it the thumbs down. 
Derek from Steak and Sauce gives it the thumbs up. And Hannah and Taylor Williams from Weird Side Podcast. It has the official Weird Side in the middle. <laughs> I'm just glad all three of y'all wouldn't be like, get out. Heck no, we don't mind conspiracies. But with that in mind, I guess we'll move over to our next one. And we would like Whiskey to go next for his. Uh, real quick, I didn't know before this you were a veteran. My conspiracy is about Iraq oh. in 2003. Is that okay? Is that no, kosher? Okay. Yeah. The axis of evil. I wanted to bring up this conspiracy theory because the U.S. involvement in Iraq really has shaped pretty much my entire life. I mean, from uh, basically seven years old to now, we've been involved in some kind of conflict in the Middle East, and now with China and Russia and Iran trying to dethrone the dollar, I feel like we're just going back around the loop. The gist of this conspiracy is that, well, I guess I should set the scene for you. So, after 9-11, the U.S. government began operations in Afghanistan, down Osama bin Laden, because they knew he was the perpetrator and initiator for 9-11. They chased him down in all these holes and mountains in the very back of Afghanistan. I don't know if you know a lot about Afghanistan, <laughs> but the south and eastern borders are extremely mountainous. Yeah, that's, that's terrible, where the giant story takes place. Terrible terrain. Yeah. You do a V over there. Yeah. So these people are all dug in in these deep holes in mountains. And the, I mean, that'd be terrible for the like service members trying to hunt this man down in these terrible conditions. I don't know if you knew it at the time. He ends up sneaking out the back of Afghanistan into Pakistan, where he stayed until we eventually got him. After that operation sort of going on, and I think they've come to realize that they've lost him. The shift is, well, what do we do now? And at this point, George W. Bush, I think it's 2002 State of the Union address, declares that there's an axis of evil and completely changes the rhetoric of we're hunting one terrorist organization to now America is going to take on anyone they deem as a terrorist threat. From there, they begin the operations setting up to invade Iraq. They claim that Saddam Hussein has weapons and mass destruction. They know we've got him. He's going to kill all these people. We go, declare war in Iraq. No weapons and mass destruction are found. <laughs> Zero. No. None. None. And then from there, everything sort of just goes downhill. We actually... I don't know how they didn't see this coming. Whenever they took over Iraq, they went to the Iraq military, which was pretty much the thing holding Iraq together, and said, uh, we don't trust you because you worked for Saddam Hussein, so you're out of a job. Mm. And then all of a sudden, all of these people who have been holding the country together now have a common enemy and all the experience and tactical ability to be able to fight a long conflict against the USA. <laughs> Hmm. So the, the juice of this conspiracy is that the Bush administration, Dick Cheney, knew full well that there was never any weapons of mass destructions in Iraq. And the two kind of main theories on why we went there was one for the oil, because Iraq has a lot of oil, and then they thought, because at that point, you know, the operations in Afghanistan were going so great, 
that they could just pretty much take over Iraq and Afghanistan, and then Iran would fall as the last sort of bastion against the USA. And it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but that's kind of the gist of the conspiracies that the U.S. government knew all along that there was no weapons of mass destruction, but they needed a scapegoat because they hadn't got Osama bin Laden. And so their next thought was, well, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> I mean, just my own two cents. Like, I, I'm not someone who is fully anti-government. But I am someone who questions the government. And I personally think the government knows about a lot of stuff that we don't know about. And I think they hide a lot of stuff from us that we don't know about. So, me personally, I, I can see it. I mean, because think about it. Is it really that far-fetched? I mean, I think, like I just said, how I think about the government knows a lot of things that we don't know. I think that, yeah, I can see that happening. He knew the whole time, but just, you know, create a different picture for everyone else. Yeah, I, I totally could see it. I can I can see it for the simple fact of look what's going on in Ukraine. Did they have a reason to go get Ukraine? Like like a legitimate reason? No, they didn't. I want to hear Derek's opinion. Yeah, this, this Derek's is what I want to hear. Well, let me start off with this first. Uh, my first tour was in Iraq in 2005. Um, shortly after I got to Fort Hood. Uh, we shipped out, and we were in Iraq for a year. Man, thank you again. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so this was a few years after this this time period. However, I will reference two movies, and I know people, oh, movies, but it'll help paint a picture. Green Zone with Matt Damon, right? Totally outlines everything Evan just said. During that time in Iraq, he was a platoon leader. There was a guy named Magellan who was giving up this information, kind of like a source, all the hot spots where these WMDs, weapons of mass destruction, were supposedly hidden goose eggs. Every last one of them. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, the story, the, the film, kind of highlights that whole portion of that time we were in Iraq and how that kind of played out, right? And the government's involvement and things like that. When we found Saddam, he was in a hole. I'm sorry. It's not <laughs> a cave, perhaps? <laughs> 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 when we found Saddam, they pulled him out, and he looked like he'd been eating dirt for a thousand years. Damn. It was sad. It was sad. I mean, they pulled him out, and I mean, and this is a man I've been, I, you know, I, to paint a picture, Saddam's palaces were some of the most incredible things I've ever seen, and I've been in them. Wow. I've been to the palaces where there's winding staircases and fixtures and marble floors and these pools. And he imported animals from around the world that he would put into his lakes and stuff like that. So when people would be disobedient, he had hippos and everything. He would just throw you in there. And if anything, if anybody knows anything about hippos, they will kill your they ass. Are and they, are, they are the real uh, kings out there in Africa, right? So. Uh, to back up what Evan was saying, the first movie is uh, Green Zone with Matt Damon. That will kind of highlight what Evan was talking about during that 2003 surge. The second movie that I would recommend to help people understand, and there's documentaries on YouTube, is Zero Dark Thirty, yep. which also highlights the whole operation behind getting Osama bin Laden, right? And all the tactics and things that were used to be able to find out where he was at. What I think is, when you have somebody on that level, and please don't come after me for this, <laughs> but when you have somebody on that level, being in that I went to Afghanistan twice. Um, I did three tours. And the terrain that Evan was talking about, 100%. You know the most, well, one of the most things that caused injuries to soldiers when we were in Afghanistan were natural elements, the, the heat, the cold, things like that, 
and injuries to limbs, ankles, wrist from falls. Because from the time those people uh, in Afghanistan are born, the first breath of air that they take is a, in some regions is above 10,000 feet above sea level. So when soldiers come over to Afghanistan, you have to get climatized. You're not used to breathing that thin of air. Oh my not unless you're coming from like Colorado. I never, I never, yeah, I never, yeah, yeah. I never yeah. thought about So that. think about that. So when we first landed in country, I was in good shape back then, right? I could run forever. I walked from my little tent to the chow hall, and I was like, Dang. <laughs> struggling, right? And, I, you know, it takes it takes a while to get climatized. Now, I've seen 60, 70-year-old men with a bundle of sticks on their back with rope loaded up onto their shoulders and walk clear up the side of a mountain. Oh, I saw it all the time. And he was right. When we got Osama, he was in Pakistan. We do not we have a embassy in Pakistan, I believe, but we do not we don't have a, a conflict with Pakistan. So we're not going in there like that, right? And so if anybody knows this, the Taliban, the guys that I fought against, they are trained, financed, facilitated, and everything out of Pakistan. They come across into Afghanistan through the mountain passes. And that's where we engage them. That's where they go terrorize the villages. That's where they try to occupy the roads. That's where they will destroy schools and stuff that are built for girls and all of these ideologies that they try to produce onto the people. Uh, when we would put wells in for fresh water, we would do things like, because my last tour was more like of a winning hearts and minds type of thing. We still ran missions six days a week, but we were out there trying to interact with the people, let them know that we are here to help you. We were training the Afghan National Army and the Afghan um, National Police, the ANA and AMP, to be able to sustain once we pulled out. You need to run missions with us so you can learn how to run missions effectively and the right way so that after we pull out and our footprint is no longer here, you will still have the same momentum and level of force and the mission tempo that we have showed you guys. If anybody gets on Google Earth right now and types in any base in Afghanistan, it is barren. It is stripped. There's no one there. So all of the ground that we fought for, all the bases that we put up, most of them, it's like a ghost town. Mm, that is crazy. That's crazy. Sorry I took so much time right there. No, no, no. No, 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 no. This is what we want. Yeah. Oh, this so, is good. Yeah. I, I, I just can't say it enough. Like, seriously, thank you. Because, yeah, man. I can't imagine. And I'm going to yeah. just say this. Fuck the Taliban. <laughs> <Yeah>. pop, pop, pop. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I can say that because a lot of people are like, you know, hey, Derek, you know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? I will never take back what we did because at the end of the day, if us four were overseas right now, my job is to make sure that we go out the wire and we come back. Mm -hmm. yeah. that's, that's the main job yeah. right now. I never had a conflict in my soul. I've never had a, a bone in my body that wanted to cause harm to anyone. But if it comes down to me getting home and you going home, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me, right? And that's understandable. You know, and that's just that's just the way it is because we did have a job to do. But at the end of the day, when we were off mission and we had dirt and sand in our eyes and ears and and we're just filthy and we're 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 smoking a cigar, we were happy that we got to come get some hot chow. We'll we'll go back at it tomorrow, you know. But I will say that I wouldn't change anything about it. And I and, and what Evan is saying. I'm a thumbs up it because I feel mm -hmm. like that could be a conspiracy because of what I've seen. I'm not somebody that's telling you, oh, I think. He's I'll, been there. I've He's been seen there. it. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I was on any teams where we were searching for WMDs. My first tours, we were doing route clearance. We were finding IEDs. And we were um, 
disposing of them. Those are improvised explosive devices. And that was the number one casualty producing method and tool that the, the enemy would use to inflict, uh, you know, um, casualties to U.S. or coalition forces. So, um, you know, it's a very cowardly way of fighting, but it is very effective. So, so Derek gives it the thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. Hubby? Give it a thumbs up. Whiskey, what do you think? I think it's possible. It's just one of those. Neutral? I think there's a, I will never know the truth. Maybe 75 years once we're all dead and they release the declassification. <laughs> yeah. um, it's possible. There's something there they're not telling us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's that they were literally just so incompetent that they didn't actually check their sources or what, what it was, there was something there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, this one gets an official weird side thumbs was, up. That, that, was, that was interesting. That was good. Well, guys, we'll go ahead and take our little break for yeah. local business shout out. my legs. <laughs> uh, yes, and we will be back momentarily. Take a walk on the weird side. Do you enjoy supporting local businesses? Is it time for a product? Yes, it's time for a product plan. Product plan. Well, we hope the answer to that question is yes, and we enjoy doing the same thing. The first local business that I want to give a shout out to, like I have every single time and probably will for a long duration of our podcast, is Grace Upon Grace Creations. Grace Upon Grace is a side business that my co-workers, Morgan and Olivia, started together And I've seen her go from just having the idea of starting it to actually full-on getting it established. And it's been awesome to see them grow. But basically, they're like an at-home boutique. They have their own Facebook page, which I, of course, will post link below. And y'all, they have some of the cutest stuff ever, like stuff you cannot find in the stores. They have recently started to do a clothing line, so they have a lot of cute clothes, like cute t-shirts, long sleeves, blouses, Baby doll tops, which I recently got one and love it. Posted a picture of it and put it on our Weird Side page in case you want to check it out. They are also plus size friendly. And I love that because it is so hard for us curvy women to find clothes that actually we feel comfortable in. Because if you just go to the regular store and get a women's regular t-shirt, it just hugs every single part of your body that you don't want hugged. So that's also really cool. Recently, from what I'm seeing, they actually even now have, they have little t-shirts for your babies. That's so cute. I know it. Uh, There's one little shirt that says Mama's Broke Bestie on there. And just all kinds of cute sayings like that. And I see one right now that I really want. It's got a picture of a skeleton in a margarita glass and it says Tacos and Rita's. Baby, I need that shirt. <laughs> is it a baby shirt? No, it's is an it a adult shirt. shirt. Oh. Will you buy that for me on yes. Mother's Day? Thank you. <laughs> I love it. We don't have kids yet. What do you mean Mother's Day? We have fur babies. That's true. But yeah, they are. They actually also are doing leggings and jogger pants. They have bralettes and shorts. Like they are really expanding here on their clothing line. It's really cute. They always post new clothing that has holiday themes on it for whatever time of year for the holiday it is. Like now, it's around Easter, and they have some cute Easter stuff. And my favorite one they have is a t-shirt that says Honey Bunny on it, because it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, they have also jewelry, car freshies, tumblers, like you name it. Give them a check out and look at their stuff. And if you message them your order and use the code word WEIRDSIDE, you can get 15, 1-5% off your order. So you don't have to feel bad about treating yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. 
Our next business that we want to give a shout out to is Sugar and Flour, as always, as well. We'll probably give that one a shout out for a long time as well because we just love Sugar and Flour so much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we went there actually, was it yesterday or Mm -hmm. the day before? Yeah. Wednesday, and I got my usual caramel frap, which is delish, and Taylor got his salted caramel deluxe. Deluxe cold brew. And as we were checking out and catching up with Sam, who's the owner of the shop, she's a sweet person, obviously has a huge talent with her culinary skills. I noticed that they had a raffle going on, so I asked her about it. And she's doing a scholarship right now for, I think, Nara's High School, Giles High School. And James Monroe. James Monroe. And the raffle was for this delicious-looking Easter egg. Me and Taylor usually don't have luck when it comes to winning stuff like that, but dang it, we still try. Yeah, I'm, I get lucky I won you. Oh, you're so sweet. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she just, not only is she amazing with her culinary skills, but she also looks out for other local businesses, and she looks out for the community, trying to raise money for things, and it's just really admirable. I love it. I will also post her Facebook page below. Sugar and Flour Bakery, Parisburg, Virginia. You almost said Christenberg. I saw you slip up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I didn't slip. see it. The third local business we like to give a shout out to is one that we semi-recently tried. Have y'all been to the mall? Because if you have, have you checked out Twist and Shake? I know I have. I have too. And let me tell you, their soft pretzels are mm, so delicious. The Parmesan one. Yes, I got the Parmesan one when I went, and Taylor got the regular one, and they were both delicious. But that Parmesan one, like, I, my mouth is salivating right now as we're speaking. Can you tell? That's a funny word. (laughs) (laughs) So, we have, they also do smoothies and ice cream and stuff like that. We haven't tried those yet, but I definitely have got to give them a shout out for their soft pretzels. If you're looking for a good homemade type of soft pretzel, check them out in the mall. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And the last local business that we want to give a shout out to is one that we have, I'm surprised we have not even brought up at all so far. I know. Radford Coffee. (laughs) Honey, would you like to talk a little bit about Radford Coffee? Radford Coffee is our coffee shop in Radford. It's on the Main Street. On Main Street. On Main Street, kind of near, uh, is it Pizza House? Brickhouse Pizza. Brickhouse Pizza, yes. And Kibbles on Main. Yes, it's beside those two things. They are a wonderful coffee shop. I seriously recommend their uh, Bacon Buddy Panini. Oh my, you know how long it's been since we've been to Radford Coffee? I know. I oh, know. so good. Y'all, they have they have soups. They have, like Taylor said, we always get the Bacon Buddy Panini. It's so delicious because they have foods. But they also have pastries and, of course, coffee, meaning cold brews, regular coffee, Fraps, like, oh, mm-hmm. so delicious. And a lot of their proceeds go to uh, the children of the Congo in Nicaragua. Yes, the Mesquite children. It, the It's a non-for-profit coffee shop. Not only is it delicious, but it's all non-for-profit. And all the proceeds go towards these children to help fund their education. That's, that's a fun word, Nicaragua. <laughs> Nicaragua. I mean, we take so many things for granted, and mm-hmm. a right to education is something that we have over here, but it's crazy to think that poor children in other countries don't have that same right. So they take all the money they earn from the coffee shop and send it over there to help them. And as you go to the shop, you can see portraits of the children that they've had during their trips over there. It's really cool. And once again, something, if you want to splurge on yourself and get you something nice to eat and go out to eat or something like cooking, give them a checkout because not only... Is the food delicious, but your money is going to a great cause. Without further ado, we'll get back to the show. Take a walk on the weird side. 
Well, welcome back, weirdos. Welcome back. Man, even on our little break, we were still talking about different conspiracy theories. We got on a vibe. We was vibing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now we'll go ahead and finish up our last two main conspiracies. Mm -hmm. Hubby, would you like to go first? Yes. I don't... I've never heard of this conspiracy until the other night, because uh, I was at work asking people at the lab if they were... Just asking, like, hey, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? What's your favorite conspiracy theory? I want to hear... I want, I want my mind to be open to some. And this one guy told me about this one. And I went home and I researched it, and it is absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> I ne never heard it before. It is the Denver Airport Conspiracy. If y'all can see Derek's face right now, he is mind blown. <laughs> okay. So, this is at the uh, Denver Airport. Now, you've got the airport themselves saying that this theory is not real. Like, it's, it's fake. It's made by all these people. And then you've got these adamant people that are like, this is fucking real. <laughs> you are liars. <laughs> okay. So, they there's so many different aspects to this story, but we'll start with the first one. When you drive to this airport, the first thing you are introduced to, and I will show you a picture so you guys can see it. I have it on my phone. Is a horse. And his name, to the locals, is Blucifer. What? Like, Lucifer... But Lucifer, because he's a blue horse with red eyes. That is the first thing you see when you pull up to this airport. Okay. I have pictures. This is Lucifer, everybody. This is what you see when you pull up to the airport. Yeah, I'd be uh, canceling my flight for sure. That looks kind of almost like something in Napoleon Dynamite's room. I just, why would you make that? Okay. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into it. What is that so, yeah. now, I'm going to yeah. give you the perspective. I'm going to give you both perspectives. This is from the perspective of the airport. He is a symbol of the Wild West because Denver was part of the Wild West, and they wanted to have a symbol of that, so they hired an artist to uh, create what they thought would be a cool symbol. I'm not sure why they painted him blue. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the red eyes. They didn't really talk about it. Oh, I bet the blue for the sky and red, the, the red might have to be on it so the planes don't hit it. Actually, that might be wait, a requirement. Wait, wait. Actually, actually, I do remember why they said they put the red eyes because the artist liked LED lights. He It was one of his passions. And I like now this, theory better. This is the part that is actually true. This has been proven. This really happened. The guy that sculpted this died making it because the sculpture fell apart on him and killed him. His children had to finish it. That really happened. <laughs> so this sculpture has blood on it. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. Here's your son. Here's your son. And as a last like memorial to him, since he liked LED lights, they put the red eyes in it. That's what you see when you pull up to this airport. <laughs> Okay, that's the first thing. What's truly odd about this airport is there is a lot of people that think that the Illuminati work through here, and they also have a lot of weird symbols, primarily the artwork that is in here. Now, I don't know about you, but me and Hannah, I know Evan hasn't flown, but I know you have. We've been to quite a few airports. Mm -hmm. None of them had much art in them and if it did it was pretty basic yeah charleston west virginia airport had just like a painting of like the founder of the airport yep. and maybe a couple of sasquatch paintings but that's, about, <laughs> that's about it though like that was about it and like they say this place they wanted it to be beautiful art like not like any other airport had right so here's the first picture that is very concerning that is in this airport 
It is of Nazi Germany. <laughs> Why would they put that in the freaking airport? There is Nazi soldier, and mm-hmm. these women are weeping, and this lady's laying up under a hill. Like, what? What the hell mm-hmm. kind of shit is yeah. this? <laughs> Can I ask, when was this airport built? 1995. What? Has anyone been to the Denver mm-hmm. out airport? Because mm-hmm. if so... I want to know if this is really there. This is one of the pictures that is up in this place. Okay. And I'm not going to bash anybody for artwork. Artwork is an expression. It is. Okay. But there's a lot of weird Nazi coincidences at this place. Whether it was intentional or not, this is there. And apparently, if you look from the sky, the way that the airport is laid out, the runways is the shape of a swastika. What? Whether it was intentional or not. It is the shape. I looked it up. It legitimately is the shape of a swastika. Can you and they so say, they say that the reason that they did that was that way they could have four planes taking off in four different directions at the exact same time. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the conspiracy also goes on that no other airport has their layout that way. Doesn't matter where you go. Because you got to wait. The you got to wait on the one. ramp the for taxi. other people to get the taxi. Yeah. Other okay. Uh, it's 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 kind of odd. So you can kind of see where people are kind of connecting some weird dots here. Um, I will say that uh, weren't most of Nazi Germany's top scientists, didn't they go to like the U.S. like work for NASA and all these different? Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, um, Warner von Braun. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie October Sky. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh, shame. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Warner von Braun was. Essentially, the linchpin in rocket technology that let us catch up to the Soviets. And pretty much what happened with Germany as it was being split into East and West Germany is the USA and the Russians were trying to collect every single scientist they could round up and collect them and put them to work for our country because the the German rocket... Like, it division, it had the war gone on for several more years and they got developed rockets, Germany could have won. Their rocket, like, technology was way ahead of anything we were doing. That's a horrifying thought. Yes. That's scary. I also have another picture. Uh, this is a picture of, I really don't know what's going on here, but there's a lot of children, a lot of burning in the background. <laughs> okay, um, I will go ahead and throw my two cents in on this one. I'm not going to never be afraid to speak of this because it deserves to be exposed. You can, you can zoom in if you need to. We know that child pedophilia and child trafficking is a thing that no one talks about, so this could be very well representation of that. It could be. I don't know what it is. There's a, um, it's so many different expressions here. It looks like you have one person from like each nation depicted and then you have some type of you got a dead leopard they're mourning it looks like there's a city on fire in the background i i can't really think what to make of it. it's like whoa it was like snow white it looks like so yeah she's she's gone it seems like uh are they saving the world from destruction it seems i don't like. know and there's one last photo of the strange art there's more art in this place but i'm gonna have to zoom in on it this is the last one. Uh, you'll have to kind of look at it. What do we see in this one? I don't really know what's going on in that this picture. It seems like a multinational. And then there, I'm also seeing a theme with rainbows. Yeah. I think three of the pictures have had rainbows. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that Latin? I can't tell. No, that says peace. They have a British flag. 
Israel, different nations have their flags. All of these people are, um, seems like they're trying to come together. Mm-hmm. Could this be a slang for the Antichrist? Because when the Antichrist comes, it's supposed to symbolize, you start hearing talk about world peace, one currency. I wonder if this is a symbol for the Antichrist. I don't, I've never heard that. They didn't really talk about it. They just thought it was very odd. Specifically, why are these art pieces... In, in an airport, airport, of all things. And why there? And Taylor, I did hear that in this airport. Oh, I so I understand now. Yep. I googled. That's a different nation's way of saying the word peace. Oh, oh okay. okay. Okay, okay. Got you. Our okay. language is not nations. Language. Okay. Paz, Alafia. Okay. I'm still on my Antichrist kick. Because right. And I, I agree with you because. Thank you. It said it would fool the nations. Yes. Right? Yep. And it, it, Taylor, did you see the part where they said all the tunnels and all the research? I was about to get it. No, 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 you're good. No, 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 you're not. You're no, you're not. So there's also a lot of, uh, what is that? The Freemason work thing, whatever it is. The Freemasons. The Freemasons. There's a lot of them plastered everywhere. Can there. we take a second and talk about the Freemasons? Just explain to our I audience what they are. I know nothing about them, so See, I'm not going to be the person to speak on I, it. I'm not really, I couldn't say for sure. So, I can't remember the time period of which this was developed, but back in the day, there was a selective group of people that would trade ideas and concepts around masonry, and it was a tight group of people. And then this developed over time. There was a, uh, that it used to be all white male groups Mm -hmm. there was a black man i think his name was don't get me wrong prince what was his name i think his last name was charles or something i may be merging two different stories but he infiltrated because he was fair enough skin to where they did not know that he was Mm african-american and uh he probably biracial or something like that he learned some of their teachings and things like that and then the masonic lodges were formed and you know you have different ones right so Mm -hmm. you have some that are predominantly white males and you have predominantly black masonic lodges different like demographics and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i have family members and y'all don't jump on me if i'm saying this wrong but there is a lot of stuff that happens that they have to memorize and a lot of stuff that common knowledge people do not know Mm -hmm. they say it is surrounded around biblical things from what I've been told, and I've never dove into it at all. Mm-hmm. But I do know that a lot of people that wear the square and uh, the symbol, it's either on their vehicle or they wear a ring or something like that. It's an unspoken thing with that brotherhood, you okay. know? Okay. So it, it is a very, very secretive, very um, elite group of people. Mm-hmm. So that can, I mean, my inspiration of that, I don't know if that's a real word, but I made it one. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm for that means like, Maybe tying into government somehow. I'm not sure. I'm not. One of the scariest pictures I ever saw of uh, Masons, it was a picture I saw. It was the first, it was the second generation males. And they had this white cloth draped over their laps. And they had white gloves. And their hands were placed directly on top of their knees. Behind them, behind them were their fathers. Their fathers had like a right hand on their shoulder. And all of the guys that were sitting down were the sons of those Masons who then went through and became Masons themselves. Hmm. But this picture was in a friend's house of mine. And every time you'd go by this picture, and it's one of those pictures where no matter you were out in the room, it looked like everybody's eyes would turn. 
Ooh, that's Ooh. creepy. Okay, in the picture. And some pictures are just like that, you know? Yeah. By chance. But this picture specifically, you could tell that these were powerful men. They actually had the ceremony behind the church. You can see the church in the background. Mm. But they had this sash thing over their necks and it was like a it was like a rite of passage, like they had made it. But this is passed down. Uh, from generation to generation, I do know that, you know, in higher organizations and companies and stuff like that, there's a lot of uh, Freemasons. Is it fair to say that Freemasons might be a cult? I guess that term of what you could, you know, like base that upon because it's so secretive. (laughs) And the amount of, I know the amount of knowledge that these guys hold and the things that they have to, you know, be able to recite Verbatim, and there are levels. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three. Thirty. You know, and you can imagine getting to that level. What what gets you through these levels? What what gets you to that level? What does that what does that symbolize? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. At that level, what are you in charge of? Right. You know, you kind of wonder. You wonder, but I do know there are several people that I know out here who are Freemasons, and like I said, they are very very secretive. You know, yeah, I, I know. Not, they won't. Talk about it. Yeah, they won't speak on it. It almost reminds me of like if you go to a a, a major college and you play fraternity. You know, fraternity. Yeah, the things that they make you learn about the the history mm-hmm. of that fraternity, the secrets that they have, and the things you have to do to become to go from like on the line to becoming like a member of that, you know, that stuff's secretive too. So I yeah. wonder if there's a connection. I don't know. There, there be. might be. be. So this. There's a lot of going on here about this airport. The last thing that you started to talk about is they have a very strange and complex tunnel system underneath the airport. They say it's for luggage. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm giving it for. I'm giving it no, for. I'm not both. laughing at you. I'm laughing that they used that. Play it they off. said. They said that's the reason that it was designed. This is what it's for. I don't know about you, but but. Every airport we went to didn't have no. underground tunnel systems for luggage. No. So yeah, that no. and the fact that when it was built in 1995, there was already a perfectly working airport in Denver. There was no reason to build one. So there are people out there that think there's a reason that this building was built. Like, obviously, it's an airport, but there's a second function behind it with symbols of Nazis and underground tunnels there are some extreme cases where they're like there's cryptids down there they say there's lizard people they say that i don't know about those couldn't be a meeting place of the higher elites especially since those freemasonry symbol is all around this building possible i don't understand why they built a completely elaborate luggage system and does not use it i that makes no sense to me i don't get it yeah that's weird to me because every time i fly somewhere there's some five foot two lady that puts a <laughs> puts a bag on label on my bag and it's right under the weight limit it's like 42 pounds and she chucks it onto a belt yeets it uh, ye- just yeah they had that curls it they, they, <laughs> i don't they don't know what the system is used for down there obviously there's workers down there and in the video they do take you down there but they don't really go very far but It's with the strangeness of the building being built. That, and the last thing I want to mention, do you know how far they went over budget for this airport? So obviously the building had a budget to be built. Do you know how far over the budget they went? Take a guess. A million? A million. What do you think, Kevin? Oh, I bet every bit probably 10 million over. Tell me, what do you think, Derek? 
I think they went over thirty million. Thirty million. Neither of you were even close. Two billion dollars they went over budget. We're gonna spend two million dollars on an airport. But billion my dollars they went over budget. Weird side family. <laughs> Can I say that? Yes. Uh, has anybody been to this? <laughs> I do a lot of flying. There. I've flown a lot, and I have never been routed to a connecting flight or anything. But I have watched a lot of documentaries on this airport. That's why when you said it, I got excited because I wanted to know what is this being used for. There are those people out there with all these combined factors. A sculpture that is a demon horse that killed someone, which is true. They really did. An elaborate uh, tunnel system that they don't use and won't let you explain why they don't use it. A lot of strange art that some of them have to do with Nazis. A Nazi, whether it was intentional or not, the, the way that the airport is laid out. And they have pyramids of the Aztecs in there. And they went $2 billion over budget. A lot of people, and the Freemason symbols everywhere in this building, they think there's a secondary function in this building. Is there? Or is it just a strange building? I don't know. Whiskey, what do you think? I just want to add that sometimes the people who are picked to make decisions, make decisions off what they like and not what is the most practical or economic. This sounds like to me they picked a really artsy person to design this and didn't have an engineer fact check or do (laughs) anything. Maybe that's true. Maybe, you know, the airport is very adamant. Like, this is not like a weird building. Like, it's just an airport, people. Calm down. But you can't deny that there's a lot of strange choices (laughs) going into this building. I would have it on that. But, you know, you also got to think, an airport hosts people from all over the world. And wouldn't we feel that maybe somebody may be a little bit offended by a giant Nazi soldier? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. and, and this is on the wall. This is permanent. And this is not small. People are going to see this. This is this is a mural. It's a this mural. Is huge. It's, it's, it's there for life of the building, right? But on one hand, and it's art. So it, can it, you it, really get that mad? It is art. But, but there's I, appropriate places for art, and there's inappropriate places for art. Okay. That's I would fair. think that to cut down on some of the uh, conflict, because I'm telling you right now, you sneeze wrong in the airport now. You're not getting on your flight. You're getting. <laughs> yeah, they'll tase you right there. Yeah, yes. You know? So, yeah, go ahead. I'm so upset now. One of my wife's friends uh, lives in Colorado. (laughs) And we were thinking about flying out there for her wedding. And we said no. And I'm now regretting that. You should. I could have maybe flown into that airport. (laughs) Shout out, Michelle. Shout out. Uh, What what do you guys think so far? You think it's... Whiskey, thumbs up, thumbs down, sideways. I, I think they just picked a terrible person to lead the project. Okay. So you think it's a thumbs down? Thumbs down. Yeah. Derek? I'm uh, ready to take a, a team and go down in them tunnels and see what we find. Hey, let's make our own team. Y'all in? <laughs> I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle. Honestly, there are some strange choices. Obviously, there could be a secondary function to the building. Do I think that it's home of the lizard people and maybe the Illuminati? Eh, I don't know. But... uh. Do I think it could be a secret meeting place for the Freemasons? Possible. Here's, here's could the it question. be have some other secondary functions? It's possible. That's the question. Is this airport used for secondary functions besides just an airport? Could be. I'd also like to look into it because this has given me extreme Bohemian Grove 
vibes. Yes, I was thinking about that earlier. I really was. Mm-hmm. And we may not get into that. That's a whole nother what, That's 30 minutes. Whole nother 30 but minutes but we will say, go ahead and Google Bohemian Grove. Future episode. And we'll talk about that <laughs> at, 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 in the near future. So you, Derek, you give it a thumbs down, thumbs up, or sideways? Thumbs up. Derek gives it a thumbs up. What about you, hubby? I'm in the middle with it, like sideways. I'm, I'm like, I think it's a great theory. Like, it's very strange. That's why I wanted to bring some more attention to it. I'm like, I'm in the middle. It's, it, it is it po- It's like when uh, your theory is it possible? Absolutely. Am I a hundred percent set on it? Mm, no. So I'm gonna give it the official thumbs up, based only for the central question: Is this used as a secondary type of place for other things? I say that's a definite. Now the whole hiding the cryptid thing, I think that's a little bit far fetched, but I think yes, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Any building that goes two billion dollars over budget is gonna have some questions. Yes. <laughs> Big questions, and here's another thing, Evan. I propose this question to you: <laughs> Do we think? That the government is so smart that they can blatantly do this in plain sight and let us come up with our own ideas about these things. And they're like, it doesn't matter. They're never going to know. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, are these things like, like Roswell, all of these things, like uh, Area 51, like these things that we know could be physical locations, but we can't touch them. What's going on? I know you're asking whiskey over here, but I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yes, yes. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. What does Weird Side give this one? I give it a thumbs up. I thought thumbs it was up. a good theory. Okay, I think got, it's a good theory. It's got the official Weird Side thumbs up. No. I want to hear yours. All right, y'all. Dang, she's professional. She's got a piece of paper. <laughs> y'all, y'all know how I plan things. I'm going to be talking about some Titanic conspiracies. Ooh. Woo! So... Before I start talking about the conspiracies, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of background information about the Titanic sinking. I know pretty much everybody on the planet probably has heard of Titanic or knows about the sinking, but I'm still going to talk about some background that might better help us understand these conspiracies I'm going to bring up. But basically, the Titanic was part of the White Star Line Company, which Titanic was also one of the three ships that they built. The other two were called the Olympic and the Britannic. I believe I'm saying that right. The White Star Line was planned to be known for their comfort instead of their speed. That's, I think, going to be useful to keep in mind when we talk about one of these theories. Design, it was divided into third class, second class, and first class. Me and Taylor would definitely be in the third class. Don't know about y'all. Uh, I think we would actually have been in second. Second? We actually would have been in second, I think. Yeah. Well, either way, we, we probably would have died. Honestly, unless you were first class, you probably weren't going to make it, most likely. Carrying capacity of Titanic was 46,328 tons. Titanic weighed 5,200 tons. It was 882 and a half feet long by 92 and a half feet wide at its widest. Four of the compartments could be flooded without sinkage. It was designed that way. Now, if y'all have ever seen the movie, which most of us have, I think it does a pretty good job of going over the build-up and setup. And so, like in the movie, that's how it is too. It's designed like four compartments were damaged that it could still stay afloat. But anything outside of that is gonna go down. Titanic set sail from. Southampton, England to New York City, with one stop in France and one stop in Ireland. There were 2,223 passengers, including crew members. Titanic sunk on April 14th of 1912. The ship approached an area known to have icebergs. Captain Smith altered the course slightly, but he maintained the same speed. So, I'm just going to stop right here, just for a brief second. If you know that an area is going to have some icebergs, 
I mean, just like if you're driving on the road, if you know there's going to be hazards on the road, would you not slow the hell down a little bit? And we've already just established that White Star Line Company ships were supposed to be known for their comfort, not their speed. So what harm would it have done to slow down? But anyway, around 9.40 p.m., a nearby ship called the Masiba, I believe I'm saying that right, sent a warning, but the warning was never relayed to Titanic to the Titanic crew members. At 10.55 p.m., a ship called the Californian sent out a message saying that it stopped because of the icebergs. The man handling the passenger messages supposedly scolded the Californian for doing this. Kind of like a, look at this idiot slowing down. Probably something equivalent to that from 1912. At 11.40 p.m., an iceberg was sighted in the bridge, which is the control center, was notified, and the lookout's binoculars were missing Plus, since there was little water breaking at the base, the icebergs would be harder to see. So we already know that there's icebergs in the area. There's already been some warnings about other people who have either slowed down or stopped. We've already gotten a warning from on Titanic about the icebergs being spotted. And then the people who are supposed to be looking out for this don't have binoculars and they basically can't see shit. After the sighting, the Titanic began to turn, but they didn't turn in time. And this is also portrayed accurately in the film as well. The ship hit the iceberg on the side and it ruptured five compartments. So it was like right over that four mark to stay afloat. So most experts believe that the ship could have survived if the crash had hit the iceberg head on. But in reality, it hit the ship on the side. On the Titanic, there were only 20 boats, which could carry 1,178 people, although passengers exceeded that number. One boat only held 27 people but could hold a maximum of five you can also see that portrayed accurately in the films how they were getting people is absolute panic people are rushing off the ship and they're not filling these boats to maximum capacity and you already have a lower amount anyway to rescue these people only 705 were rescued in the lifeboats slightly over half of how many could have been rescued at full use other lifeboats did not return to the area after ship went under because of fear that the boat being bombarded by people in the water would bring them down and sink them. That was also accurately represented in the film. There's a scene where uh, Kathy, what's her name, Kathy Bates? What's her name? I don't remember. Yeah, she played a misery in Fried Green Tomatoes. But anyway, she plays as, I think, Molly Brown, a wealthy first-class passenger. Yes, and she was like... There's men out there. She's talking to the women on the lifeboat. So, like, go back for your men. Think about your loved ones. And then one of the crew passengers is like, if you don't shut that all in your face, there'll be one less on this ship. So, I mean, everyone was panicked. I think it's safe to say if your ass was in that water, you probably were the most panicked of anybody. Yep. All around, just a really sad situation. And there's a scene in the movie that's absolutely heartbreaking. It shows a mom holding her dead, frozen baby newborn baby and I, i'm sure that happened pets were on that ship and died you know it, it is so sad titanic fully sank at 2 20 a.m the third class suffered the greatest loss only about 25 percent of first class survived the, the sinkage killed a total of 1517 people almost 70 percent of the passengers on this ship a ship called the carpathia was the first to arrive it was a little over an hour past the time that titanic sank the White Star chairman sent a message to White Star Line's offices stating, Deeply regret advise you, Titanic sank this morning, 15th after collision iceberg, resulting serious lost life, further particulars later. So, I mean, I can only imagine having to send a message out like that. You know, you were, even if you may not have been the captain, if you were part of the workers on that ship, you're going to be looked at as partly responsible. And then having to be the one to send that message out. But in the aftermath, in 1913, 
International Conference for Safety of Life at Sea came into effect, and this requires every ship to have lifeboat space for every passenger. It requires that lifeboat drills be held before each voyage, and it requires that ships maintain 24-hour radio watch. Now, I remember back when we first started our podcast in general, one of the things we talked about was if we discussed true crime cases, and I would consider this a true crime case, it's always done to educate, and I've always said that talking about true crime can help us learn for the future. And I think this fact right here is just an example of that. It was a horrible tragedy that over 100 years later, people have never forgotten about. But there's things that we learned from it and have done for the better moving forward. An interesting fact, the wreckage lies in international waters, and it's outside of any jurisdiction of any country. And I don't know about y'all's thought process on this, but I thought maybe that was maybe that was a reason why the Titanic hasn't been brought up to the surface. Because I had heard people talk before about possibly going down to get the Titanic and taking it to a museum or something, but that never happened. I don't know if that's because of this fact right here. It would be a pain in the butt to get that thing oh, to come yeah. back up. Or if it would like disintegrate. I don't know, but just kind of a thought I had. So, all that said, those are the facts about what happened of the Titanic sinking and the tragedy with that. But the theories, that's the fun part. So, I'm just going to throw it out here. This is the one that I believe. But this first theory is that the Titanic sinking was intentional. It was an insurance fraud scheme. Now, obviously, they didn't mean for people to die. That was not the goal. But you remember I said earlier, White Star Line had two other ships in addition to Titanic, the Olympic and the Britannic. The Olympic had already had some damage done on it long after it was constructed. It collided with another ship called the Hawk. The collision caused leakage of two watertight compartments and twisted a propeller shaft. And it stayed afloat, but it had some severe damage. And this is right after they poured all this money into building it. It earned a reputation of White Star Line ships being unsinkable. This is why, and even in the movie, Titanic is unsinkable. Nobody could sink this ship. I think in real life, this is how it got that reputation. For all the damage from the Olympic, and it still didn't sink. That's where it got that from. But they can people consider this a financial disaster from all the damage on the Olympic. But the theory goes that since the Olympic was too damaged, it couldn't be profitable. So in turn, they used the Olympic for the Titanic voyage. So really, the Titanic was really the Olympic. They swapped them out and purposely crashed the ship to get insurance money, claiming to be the Titanic ship and therefore earning some money. The critique on this theory, though, is that the Titanic's insurance wasn't enough to cover the financial damage from the Olympic. Reports that Titanic wasn't insured for its entire construction value. So, apparently, Titanic cost $7.5 million to build. And this is back in 1912. But it was only insured for $5 million. So, really, you would lose some money. But which one is worse, having no money at all or getting at least a little bit of it back? You know what I'm saying? There's also claims that the construction ID number matches the Titanic. So, Titanic's construction ID number was 401 and Olympic's construction ID number was 400. And supposedly, the numbers match up. It was really the Titanic and, you know, yada yada. But, I don't know. I I believe this one. What do y'all think? I can believe it. To a certain degree, they didn't give a shit about if you were second class or third. You'd gotten barely basically anything. Did you know that second and third class did not get lunch on that ship? Damn. They literally thought poor people don't eat lunch. They don't get it. You got breakfast and you got dinner. That's all you got. 
I'm Fuck. dead serious. Look it up. That is they insane. didn't get lunch. Third class only got potatoes and toast. That's all they got. Carbs. I mean, and the, you know what the first class got for dinner on the Titanic? Lobster. Ten course meals. Ten every course meal. night. Every night. Do I think I've never had a ten course meal? <laughs> I haven't even had a seven course meal or a five course meal. Okay. And do do I believe that the people the first class probably got some extra attention because maybe they were gonna sink it and maybe the first class knew and it didn't go the way that they thought it was gonna go. It's possible. Yeah, like, the whole point of this theory to keep in mind is that, this is why a lot of people dismiss it, because they're like, there's no way people would intentionally kill people. They did not mean to kill people. They thought that they were going to probably have an issue. We've got lifeboats. Yep. And we'll, we you know, we'll get everybody to safety, and we'll, we'll claim it as, as a uh, total loss. Yep. Ugh. But to add to that, I did hear that there was a famous banker that's going to be the next one. My bad. No, no, you're good. No, 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 not going to say nothing. No, you're good. You're no, good. no, no, you go. But y'all keep that in mind, though, because all this surrounds money. Yeah. I'll just keep going before I give my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> and like I said, too, earlier, I mean, there was no kind of testing or anything on, you know, the lifeboats before these that law came into effect. So, I mean, I personally think everything boils down to money. I think it always has and always will. And that brings me into the second theory about the Titanic was that J.P. Morgan planned the disaster to kill fellow wealthy rivals. White Star Line was bought by International Merchantile Marine Company, which was owned by J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan comes from a family of wealth. He was a banker. His millionaire rivals were Jacob Astor, who was into business and real estate. And these are like millionaires. Isidore Strauss, co-owner of Macy's Department Store. Whoa. Yes. And Benjamin Guggenheim. I think I said that right. And he was also known for business. Supposedly, J.P. Morgan wanted to kill them because they opposed the Federal Reserve, which is the banking system. J.P. Morgan was going to be a passenger on the Titanic, but backed out at last minute. So some critiques of this theory, though, is that there's no explanation as to how he caused the ship to hit the iceberg or how he caused the crash to be set up. But once again, this all goes down to money. And if you have money, that's considered to be a position of power. So this one, I kind of like have a a neutral stance on because I think it kind of like has similar themes as to the first theory, the one that I definitely believe in. But yeah, I mean... Anything about too, like if you already are powerful and you're wealthy, that gets in your head and you want more and more and more. So if you've already got other people who are kind of like you and they could be stealing your limelight, it makes sense that you want to kill them off. Thoughts? If I may. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm thinking. I think your logic is sound that maybe he doesn't want them there. But if he is as rich and powerful... There are much more efficient and cheaper ways of killing his rivals than setting up this elaborate boat. Because you could just as easily have someone on the boat and just pay one person to kill him in the international waters. True. So, like, why would he go through all that? Yeah, this is too much. Or just push, push, just push him off the boat. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. Because he's going to They're going to die. I mean, you're right. you're, it's a matter of minutes. Yeah. Speaking of that, I know, I know we've been to it. Have you ever been to the uh, Titanic Museum in Pigeon Forge? No, but I really want to go. Recommend it. It's a nice Absolutely museum. recommend it. Totally worth it. It's expensive. It's worth it. 
Okay. The amazing you things you can see. You could probably get a military see. discount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amazing things you yeah. can see <laughs> in there. And they actually have a special room designed for that guy, the owner of Macy's. He did die. But he, they offered him a space on the boat, and he turned it down. He's like, no, wait. They offered it to his wife. They wouldn't let him get on. His wife was like, I'm not leaving that with my husband. And she stayed on the boat, and they died together. See, that would be me. They actually referenced that in the film. The old couple that was like holding each other that's when the water's coming in. Yes. That's the Macy's guy. What? Yeah. Hey, I, I, I rec hey listen. She did a lot better than uh, Rose did because there was plenty of room for Jack on that daggone uh, They proved yeah. that on Miss Busters. Yeah. <laughs> they proved Move your ass over. Yeah, there's plenty of room. What'd she do? I always love you, Jack. Bye, bitch. No, <laughs> sorry. Pushed him. It was like uh, the scene from The Lion King. You know, yeah, the scar and So this next theory, Titanic conspiracy theory. Now this one, I'm gonna go ahead and say for I even start. I don't believe this one. That this was actually even disproved. And I could just, I could see whiskey right now, just like, oh god. But this theory is that a mummy's curse caused the sinkage. <laughs> if y'all can see the look, that's not even the most outlandish one I've heard. I've heard one that a zombie outbreak popped up on the Titanic. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It's a real one. Look it up online. That apparently one night they were walking down, workers were walking down uh, a hallway and a little boy opened up his door and said, come inside, come inside. And apparently like the dad, it was like a four members of this family, a dad, a mom, a brother, and a sister. And the dad was literally eating the wife and was like a zombie. And apparently that's like, they're like, that's why this it, it sank. He was like, oh my God, it's a zombie outbreak. We got to kill them all. Well, let's sink the ship. <laughs> so they yeah, ran into the iceberg on purpose. I'm dead serious. That's it's a real not theory. That's far-fetched because uh, the Titanic on Modern Warfare, if they incorporate that, would be an awesome zombie level. Dude. If you could run around the Titanic and shoot yeah. zombies, that'd be awesome. Just plug in that. Yeah. And... I would love to come back. I want Evan and Antonio to yes. be at the same time because the looks on their faces. They're the logical ones of the group. <laughs> but according to this mummy theory, uh, William Steed was a passenger on the Titanic, and he was a historian, and he claimed that a, a cursed mummy had been causing some destruction and disaster in London, which is where this guy was from. There's a rumor that the cursed mummy was being transported on the Titanic to be brought to the United States. And because this mummy was on the Titanic, that's what caused it to sink. But the main critique on this theory, it's simply been debunked. That mummy was never on the Titanic as it still resides in the British Museum, which is located in London. So that one's completely been disproven. But like I said, the whole fun and conspiracy is to try to think outside the box. How did Jack have all this information when that ship was going down. He knew to hold his breath when it was going, it was going to cause right. this. You know, how did, how did, did he work at a shipyard? Like, how did he have I've all seen, this? I've seen a, another conspiracy that Jack was a time traveler. I'm dead to, yeah, like he was a time traveler and like was supposed to go on the Titanic for reasons I'm not entirely Let sure. Let me go ahead and stop you right there because I did say my last theory for Titanic oh, as the no. last one. I'm sorry. This one's a fun theory. This is just fiction. But there's a theory that, have y'all ever heard that Jack Dawson is really Jay Gatsby? Have y'all heard that theory from The Great Gatsby? Oh, I have not. So the theory goes that it's said to be an alternative timeline where Jack survived the sinking and went on to America and attempts to reunite with Rose. He becomes a wealthy man, which would be Jay Gatsby, <laughs> who throws high-dollar parties throughout the Jazz Age, and while he's waiting for Rose, he ends up unintentionally falling in love with Daisy. 
But my critiques for this one personally is why would he lie about his identity? One. Two, how did he become wealthy? And three, why would he wait for Rose to find him when she assumes that he's dead rather than him try to find her? But a lot of people like go into this theory and like, yes, that's him. It's got to be it. But I don't know. I just have too many questions for this one. Across the table, how do we feel about time travel? Just a caveat. I'm actually reading a book right now that's a fictional story and it's about time travel. I think it's a neat concept, but too sciencey for my brain to even comprehend. I know that they've proven that it's kind of possible to go forward in time. So, like, you ever, you ever heard that um, if you're moving at the speed of light, time slows down around you or something like that. I might not have all the details correct. Evan's dying to say something. I know he is. I know he is. <laughs> I, I, he'll probably be able to explain it better than I. I've heard that if you're going at the speed of light, time slows around you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you spend a year in light speed, I don't remember, Evan, you might be able to tell me how long it is for everyone else. It's general relativity. So time is relative to your speed. Yeah. And the thought is if you spent 10 years moving at near the speed of light, and came back to Earth, a hundred years would have passed on Earth. Yeah. Right, because the speed of light's like 170-some thousand miles per hour. Yeah. Like so I've heard that it, it's kind of possible, but as far as like going back in time, it's not possible because it, you couldn't make that, like the negative energy or something. Evan might be able to say it better than I can, but I don't think that's possible. It's too hard for me to explain. Okay. This is not possible. Okay, good. <laughs> it's almost like uh, one of my favorite movies, Interstellar. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Right, because what you just said, time's relative. So the time that they spent away from the ship, you know, the, he's like, that ain't a mountain, that's a damn wave. And when they got back, old buddy was great. You know, that broke my heart. You know, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my best friend Travis showed me that movie because he loved it. And I'm not going to lie, it was a great movie. But my head was like that loading gif where like everything's loading. That's my brain the whole time watching it. I've watched it several times, and I still find something different, like, each time, or, or a theory. Mm -hmm. And, like, my buddy, Gary Doss, I had on the show. Yeah. He knows a lot about space. I love to have both of y'all on the show. But he, he knows, He's a cool dude. He knows a lot about space, and he was telling me about how the end of our known universe right now is, like, 13-some billion light years away. If we traveled to that point, if we could get there, the universe would have already expanded another 13 billion from that because by the time we got there, it's ever expanding. So we could never catch the end of our known universe. Uh, I think the, the new telescope they just put up, they are actually wrong. Our universe is bigger than they actually originally thought it was. Wow. Even, wow. Uh, but if I may, I wanted to go back to curses. Yes, go um, ahead. Because there's another theory about the Titanic that every single one of the... I guess ships in its family were cursed because its sister ships also sank. That is that coincidence or coincidence? Uh, I think not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Britannica, I think, got sunk in World War One. Yes, carrying passengers. And I can't remember the Olympic. I think it also eventually sank too. The damage, right? So I think That's every crazy. single one of its sister ships got sank too. <laughs> that is horrible. My mind is like blown right now. I mean, this right is now. nuts. Yeah. So overall, what do we think? Did the Titanic intentionally sink? Yes or no? I'm going to say it did not 
intentionally sink. So you can give this one a thumbs down. Oh, I'm sorry. It didn't. Yeah, somebody did that. My bad. Yeah. Thumbs up. Somebody did now, that. Now, let's clarify. Again, this does not mean, out of respect for people who lost lives, does not mean no, 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 that no. it intended for people to die. But simply just, did the Titanic intend to sink? Yes or no? You give it a thumbs up. You thought it intentionally was sunk. Whiskey, what are your thoughts? I'm going to ask you one question. I'm nervous. And I'll get your answer. Have you ever been driving late at night and seen a big truck pass you going the speed limit? No. 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 Okay. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back for mine to the airport thing. It's, it's in the middle. Do I think it's possible that they might have sunk it on purpose? Anything's possible, especially when it comes to money. People will do anything. Do I really think a whole bunch of stupid people... Like, it was like the perfect storm of stupid. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need lifeboats. That's stupid. We don't need that. Hey, let's not go at normal speed. Who needs a tel- Who needs binoculars? I, I think it was you- like the perfect storm of just a whole bunch of stupid people failing everybody. So you give it a, a medium. In it's, the I'm, in the, I'm in the middle. It's okay. possible. I just want you to remember... Everything that has ever been constructed, it's always the lowest bidder who got the job. <laughs> Keep that just... So you give this one a thumbs down. You do not think it was intentionally sunk? No. I think it was the lowest bidder and a captain who had a big truck that he could drive late at night. He was like, I could slow down. But? But I'm driving a big truck at night. And I got to get to Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Evan is the guy that I would not want to be around while I'm watching TV and I have all these ideas because he's slowly been crushing me. Dude, he ruins every movie and, and, we watch. And, 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 and it makes sense. It's not even that Evan just against it. it. It's true. Government contracts anybody, the lowest bidder and the material and the time that they project that they can complete it. I mean, Evan's making a lot of sense right I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. I do think it was intentionally sunk. And I do really believe the one about the insurance scheme. It's about money. But even if we were to hypothetically say that it was just carelessness, they had several warnings about what was coming up. They knew what was coming up. And the fact that you didn't care to do anything in response to that until it was too late when you knew better than that, I think that can arguably be said you intentionally took that ship down. So I'm giving it the thumbs up. Weird Side Podcast gives it what? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or sideways? Sideways. Think sideways? It's in the middle for me. Okay, I, I can compromise. It's in the middle for me. I guess weird, the official Weird Side is sideways. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with us to hear about our conspiracy discussion. Um, if you have any uh, suggestions for topic discussions, as always, please email us at williamsweirdsidepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, Weird Side Podcast, and check us out. We're on Spotify rss.com apple podcasts youtube and recently we submitted for a google podcast and i believe we're up on that too make sure you give a shout out to Derek nowlin of steak and sauce podcast <laughs> if you're looking for a good hilarious fun time about real life issues real life situations and just need real life advice about them with a funny ass twist to it please check him out you'll not be disappointed and go see uh, him do stand up at Bradford Blacksburg and Roanoke for a good old laugh I know me and Hannah <laughs> went to one of his shows last night and uh, it, it was, was fun it, it was fun <laughs> and for Evan we will definitely be having him back again and hopefully on a future episode with Antonio because he is very logical 
He told you in the beginning what his expertise were. So if you have any suggestions for Evan that you'd like for Evan to talk about, once again, email us, please, at williamsweirdsidepodcast at gmail.com. All you listeners out there, stay weird. Stay weird. I'm Taylor. And I'm Hannah. And together we are Weird Side Podcast. Podcast.